Hi there, my name is Christopher Perry. I am the commissioner for the Western Collegiate Hockey League. This is episode 414 of the WCHL podcast. I'm coming to you live from the uh, bunker in Norman, Oklahoma. And on the other end of the line, we have my partner in crime, my best friend in all the world. It's um, Andrew Majorkirth. Andrew, say hello to the masses. Hello, everybody, and I am not scared, so I am coming to you from above ground in my office. <laughs> brag, brag, brag. All right, hey, let's hear some crunchy guitar. we got a lot of games to get to, Andrew. Hold on. Yes, we do. All righty, Andrew, we have, I think, almost every team in the uh, Western Collegiate League was in play this weekend, so that means we're going to be busy campers here on this podcast. Lots and lots of games to talk about here. Let's do it. Let's start up in Colorado. University Jamestown, a team that desperately wants to be in a conference, uh, went to Fort Collins to take on Colorado State on Thursday night, and they just basically overwhelmed CSU right from the jump. It was a yeah. seven to two game. They they scored right off the bat and and didn't look back the rest of the evening, did they? No, no. I watched that game um, on Thursday night, and uh, you know you're thinking with uh, Joe Morgan as the uh, he's the backstop there for for the Rams. You thought, man, he's going to give the Rams a chance, and he got pulled after the five goals there. He was pulled uh, about yeah, thir- he... thirteen minutes into the second period, and after that, the you know, I mean, the game was over. So yeah, twenty four shots and five goals against they they yanked him out pretty good. Yeah, I felt 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 bad for them. Hey, they to to their credit, they won or at least they tied. I guess the second period. No, they won the second period two to one. So no, eh, they tied. And eh, no, they lost. Here I'm looking at. It. I can't even get it right. All I know is yeah, they, they they scored two goals after it was six to nothing. So um, yeah, they they won the third period. That's that's about it. There you go. They won the third so, period. So my question is is this. CSU offense has kind of gone uh, into their bunker since the OU weekend, and uh, they haven't scored more than two goals in a game. Yeah, they're struggling. They're struggling. Yeah, that yeah, uh, they yeah Warner for uh, for CSU. He's a he's a good little freshman, but um, and he can score. He was bit, he's been injured for the past couple of weeks, um, but uh, he was back in the lineup and he got uh, CSU's first goal. But yeah, he couldn't do it all by himself. Yeah, you got to you got to have help and yeah, not no no boy no, no, bueno. no, no bueno. bueno. And here I'm no looking I'm looking at it and there was a, a total of uh, 10 penalties in that game and six of them were on CSU so it um you're already playing a team that's uh, highly ranked and and you know uh, ready, you know got a lot of firepower and then you're giving them power play opportunities and it was just uh, not a good day in Fort Collins. Yeah. Jamestown smokes the Rams seven to two, and then uh, uh, Jamestown continued. They're they playing basically a, a WCHL weekend. They went down to Boulder for two games. Uh, they played an afternoon game on Friday um, at the Boulder Rec Center against uh, against the Buffs. And you know, you you would think that um, you know with uh, uh, the Buffs kind of having a struggling season this year, and Jamestown I, coming into the weekend, I think they were number nine in the nation, you would think it was just going to be another, uh, uh, you know, dominating game by Jamestown and yeah, just here, run over them. Yeah. And here we go. It's a, it, it's a, it's a shootout. I mean, yeah, 
who who saw that coming? Yeah, who saw that coming? There, Colorado's up two nothing in the uh, in the third period. Crazy. And then uh, then Jamestown, they just figured it out or just had a couple bounces go their way or what happened. But yeah, they they ended up tying up the game and having to go to a shootout to win it. And the shootout went uh, went deep. It was a five round shootout. Uh, five round, yeah. Every almost every you know usually in a shootout nobody scores, uh, but in this shootout uh, almost everybody, everybody scored. scored. Yeah, it was four yeah. to three. Four out of the five shooters for Jamestown and three out of the five shooters for Colorado. A, a goal for you and a goal for you. <laughs> it's like <Yeah>. Oprah. <laughs> you, yeah, you get a yeah. goal. You get a goal, and you get a goal. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. good good for CSU. Uh, I'm yeah, sorry. Whoop, take it back. Good for CU. Oh, that's fighting words right there. I know, boy. I'm, Twenty lashes for me, huh? Yeah, yeah. I can give you his. I can give you his direct email address if anybody wants it. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's goober at westernchl.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, so so good on the Buffs. That'll even though they lost the game, that'll go down as a tie in the rankings uh, for the computer. So um, uh, that was a, a good Friday affair. And then uh, Saturday, though, was kind of turned out the way you kind of yeah. expected it to go. Yeah, Saturday kind of, when you're, we were looking at these games, that's kind of kind of what we were expecting. And yeah. Jamestown got out there and jumped on them quick and, and didn't really look back at didn't, all. Did not look back. 6-1 to one was the final there on Saturday. So Jamestown uh, completes, they have three wins on their Colorado road trip, uh, two of them in regulation, one in overtime or one via shootout. Um, I, I can tell you this, the, the, the thing that concerns me a little bit more, not so much the play on the ice. Um, I got a phone call. Uh, I got, actually, I got a couple of phone calls from the Jamestown coach, uh, before each game. Um, you know, the off ice, uh, I think the five o'clock start on Friday through the CU guys, nobody was really prepared for a five o'clock start. Yeah. So they were looking, they were scrambling for pucks. They were scrambling, they were waiting around for officials. Oh, geez. Yeah, That's I no know. Fun. No fun. And then on Saturday, I got another phone call from uh, the Jamestown coach because the uh, they didn't have anybody to, uh, I, I guess some of the CU guys had asked if there were any uh, scratches from Jamestown that could help uh, run the clock on the scoreboard. Oh, no way. Yeah. So I thought, oh boy, you know, we've, they've they're got some, uh, some issues up there at, uh, at Boulder off the ice. In addition to, you know, never mind, just trying to win a game. Yeah. So. That's, yeah, that's, that's tough when you're scrambling around like that. The, uh, yep. and it's, and it, and it is tough trying to find volunteers to cover all these spots for these games. I know firsthand, I, I've tracked down all of our volunteers for OU here and, uh, it can, it can get tough at times trying to find people to come in and fill all these spots. Right. Yep. Yep. It can indeed. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll probably put a phone call into the good folks in Boulder in, uh, just to make sure that uh, they have all their ducks in a row for the future games. Yep. So, uh, All right, so there we go. That's the first set of games, three games down. I think we have eight more to go. Let's swing out to uh, Tucson in the Dirty T, where they're playing some non-conference games against Western Michigan from the Great Lakes Collegiate Hockey League. Western Michigan is a uh, – uh, they're, they're not very talented, but they're a gritty bunch of uh, players. So um, uh, they played on Friday night, and that was a uh, five to three Arizona win. And then they played again on Saturday, um, and that was a three to two Arizona win. Yep. What do you take from? I got to see a little bit of those games. Uh, what, Andrew? What, what's your takeaway from those games? Well, yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite know what to expect with Western Michigan coming out. The uh, last time they played a Western Collegiate team, their coach 
flew the white flag of surrender, if we all remember, <laughs> and we all talked about it. So, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what to expect, but, uh, you know, Arizona got off to a quick start, just, just like Jamestown did and, um, put up three goals in the first period, but give Western Michigan some credit. You know, they put up a little bit of a fight. They came back, made it four, two, and then they made it four, three in the third period. And then uh, Arizona just kind of buried it late, uh, about what midway through the third period there to go up five three. Yep. So you know, game got out of hand a little bit in the first period for them, and then it tightened back up, and then uh, Arizona pulled away at the end. So kind of wild that um, uh, a, a player for uh, uh, for the Wildcats, someone who's not named Marshall or Kusnelli or Stallhuth. Um, Got a uh, got a couple of goals, and that was uh, Mr. Johansson. Yep. So he uh, good for him. In fact, he got the uh, I think he got a goal in the first, and he got the game winning goal, or or the I shouldn't say the game winning. He got the fifth goal. So he had two goals there on Friday night, and I was also glad to see that um, a freshman defenseman there for the uh, Wildcats. Uh, I think his number is six, six or nine. Um, well, no, six is Larson, so it's got to be nine. Uh, Cameron Timor. Yeah. Um, when he when when he got a goal as well, and um, he's a good stay at home defenseman. He's a freshman. I think he's got a lot of. Uh, uh, I think he's got a, a bright future here in the in the ACHA and in the Western Collegiate League. He impressed the heck out of me when he was here in Oklahoma playing against uh, the two Oklahoma teams. So I was glad to see that he got on the board. At least that was on Friday night, and then yeah, on Saturday, boy, what a nail biter that was, huh? Yeah, that was a close one. That's when they did have to bring the uh, get get the big boys. In. Yeah, yep. And uh, Bailey Marshall, that line of uh, uh, Marshall, Cusinelli, and uh, Hole ended up coming through for them uh, in the third period. It was to score the game-winning goal. It was it took a, a tight two-to-two game, a nail-biter there on Saturday. You're kind of thinking that um, U of A is getting ready to give the game away, and yeah. it, uh, and they, you know they came through for him. Yep, Bailey Marshall pounds it in. What? About midway through the third, again to uh, to seal it up three to two, and they uh, they held on and won it. Yeah, they did. That they did. Anthony Churro gets the win in net on Friday, and uh, Nolan Bivolchik gets the, uh, the 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 squeaky win on uh, Saturday. So yeah. you can see what Coach Berman's doing there. He's rotating his um, his his tendies. He's got uh, he's got uh, he wants to develop and have two great tendies as opposed to just riding one guy. Yeah, there's nothing nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing wrong with that. It's always better to have, uh, you know, especially in the ACHA with how long the season is and how physical the games are. Um, you're going to run into uh, injuries, and you you need some extra bodies just for, yep. through the nature of attrition. Uh, I think yep. you know yeah, it's a- it's middle of November right now, Andrew, and I think it's fair to say that all seven teams in the conference have guys out of the lineup due to injuries. And, <laughs> yes. And here's here's where you need to rely on your depth. So it's good on uh, Coach Berman for trying to develop that, uh, that 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 backup, especially that backup depth at goaltender. So yeah, and he's got to and he's got to be excited too uh, with getting a little bit more scoring from some of the other guys, right? Not just his, not that top line. So he's yeah. he's got to be excited about getting some depth scoring there and. Yeah, so things are looking good out there. Now, I don't know if he's too excited because, you know, he sees his team ranked number seven and they're, you know, playing to the level of their opponent as opposed yeah. to, you know, putting the skate on the throat of the opponent and just, uh, you know, 
taking control and hammering the heck out of folks, but, uh, you know, it, it takes time. It takes time. And he, and he did give up two power play or penalty kill goals again this weekend. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So. It's, it's your jinx. You've jinxed him. <laughs> I, I have. I have. I didn't mean to do it. But. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mean to do it. Here you are laughing away. I didn't mean to do it there, Coach. Yeah, yeah didn't mean to. No, sorry. <laughs> hey, but, hey, they got two wins, and most importantly, those are um, uh, non-conference wins, so that will help. That'll, that'll boost them up in the computer rankings, and we'll see that here in a little bit. Um, it, it's always, you know, the WCHL has strong competition week in and week out within the conference. That's one of the allures, one of the benefits of being in our conference is yep. we have seven strong teams for the most part. Um, if, you know, I guess it's fair to say the Colorado teams are, are still a little bit struggling, but, uh, the five other teams are in the top 25 or close there too. And, um, so, uh, so that, that just the strength of schedule for the conference helps you out. But when you play outside of the conference and you win those games, uh, yeah, it helps out a ton. Yeah. You, not only do you get your win, you accumulate all of their wins too. So, uh, the computer rewards you for that. All right. So that's, uh, that's the, any, anything else there from, uh, from Tucson? No, I, now that, uh, coach Berman's going to be mad at us cause we're talking about his PK, let's move on to <laughs> Lindenwood and UCO. Let's about, get out of that mess. <laughs> <laughs> how, how about that? So going, going from a series in, and, and you know what, let's, let's, before we go to there, I didn't mean to, uh, uh, imply or, or say that, uh, Bivelchik, Nolan Bivelchik there is a backup goaltender. He's not, it's, he's every bit as good as, as Churro. It's yep. more like a one and one, a, not a clear, yeah, one, one a. yeah not yeah. a clear, uh, uh, starter and a backup. It's, uh, he rotates, he's doing this on purpose that he rotates those guys in and out. And, um, so, uh, yeah, if you, yeah, if you've got two kids that you can do that with there, that is the optimum setup right there. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, don't mean to, I'm not trying to, uh, uh, demean, uh, Mr. Bilbochick in any ways. He's a, he's a heck of a goaltender and he would, he would start at any other places. And now he just has to share time there with Churro cause they're both yeah. two really good goalies. Yeah, so. that's 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 a good little system they've got there. All right, well, let's go up to uh, UCO. They were hosting the Fighting Zombos from Lindenwood, <laughs> and uh, at UCO they've got they've got one main goaltender, a clear number one, a guy that can steal games night in and night out. And boy, did he this weekend, huh? Yes. You know what? I think we. I was thinking about this when I was going through all the score sheets today. I was like, you know, I think we. I predicted a split this weekend last when we were talking last week, yeah. and. But I think I said something along the lines of, but it could go both games to UCO if Alex Henry stands on his head and steals a couple games. And I, I think this is a little re- revisionist history. Did you really no, say no. that? Oh, I think I did. I think I did. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. And 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 look what we got here. He uh, he stood on his head, and they pulled out two wins. Lindenwood, the number two team in the nation, coming into uh, the weekend. Uh, was coming down to play Central Oklahoma, who was ranked by the computer at number 14, and Central Oklahoma wins both of the games at the Bronco Barn. Uh, the Friday night game was 4-2, to two, and the uh, uh, next day in, on Saturday afternoon, that uh, was a UCO three win to, by 3-1. to 3-1, to one, yep. Both, go, I mean, the shots in, this, in, in these uh, in oh. both games were just insane, Andrew. Staggering. Lindenwood fired 49 shots on Friday. And they 
fired 48 shots on Saturday. On Friday, they had 49 to UCO's 25, so almost two to one. And then on almost two to one. And then on Saturday, it was 48 to 15, three to one. Three, three to one. And they still Boy, lost. They still lost. So that just, I mean, that many pucks on net. I mean, that's there's five other guys on the ice. I get that. Yep. But I mean, you got to throw a, a large kudos to Alex Henry for. Uh, only given up three goals on the entire weekend here. You were telling me 97 shots, three goals. 97. So 94 out of 97. He, yeah, that's that's pretty stellar in my opinion. Wow. Wow. Well, hey, um, hopefully he's not having to buy any beers. The rest of the team's picking <laughs> up uh, the tab this week because – Yeah, he, yeah he, he was a huge – Yeah. You mean, you mean the milk? <laughs> yes, chocolate Hold, milk. All chocolate milk. The, yeah, hopefully the team's buying the milk this week and he's not having to buy his own milk. <laughs> I'm telling you what, that, I mean that's that's just incredible. The other thing was, I mean when you think when you think of Lindenwood, um and I give them a hard time. They're gigantic. Um I didn't get to see any of these games. Um uh, but traditionally, uh they're just a big team and they can skate well and they can move the puck really really yeah. well. And for them to, and, and, and I guess that's evident from the fact that they're taking, what, 97 shots in two games, almost 100 yeah. shots, 50 shots yeah. a game. They're they're a scoring machine. Yes, yes. And they got shut down. And then the flip side of that is UCO scores four goals on 25 shots. I guess if I'm not, one of them was an empty netter, apparently. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Cooper Dot is, when I looked, I think he's the He's got the best uh, stats in the entire ACHA really? going into the weekend. Yeah, he was at, if I'm not saying he was at like a .87 goals against average or something like that going into the weekend. CDOT being Lindenwood's goaltender. And I know yeah. that he was the uh, he was the goaltender from the ACHA that played on the World University Games team uh, that went over to uh, Krasnoyarsk, Russia last season. So he's, you know, he's, he's, he's not, uh, you know, uh, he's not chopped tomatoes or anything, you know, he's, no, he's a he's, heck of a goaltender he's, himself. He's good. He's good. But, but the thing I noticed about Lindenwood uh-huh. is I think, I think anybody can play with them five on five. I don't, they don't strike me as being an absolute killer five on five. Yep. But as soon as you give those guys a power play, they're absolutely lethal on the power play. They go. They go two for three on Friday night on the power play, mm. but then they, so and but then they only score one goal on Saturday, and 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 they went one freight on the power play. So you know what they uh, they were given plenty of opportunity, but they um, UCO had the must have figured out what they were doing on the power play and and shut them down, and so you know all all of their goals this weekend came on the power play they they scored no even strength goals are you serious yep wow i yep. didn't even notice no. that. Yeah. yeah so if you if you don't give those guys a power play you, you anybody can hang with them i think but wow. yeah as soon as you as soon as you give them a sniff at that power play they they're killers well that just goes to show how uh, how dangerous they are huh yep yep wow wow well very good hey good for the broncos i mean they needed that after a, uh, a pretty rough weekend um, in Arizona uh, last weekend. Yeah. Or the weekend before, considering Lindenwood was just last weekend. So well, I don't want any grammar teachers or English teachers to come <laughs> after me for yeah. improper reference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, after losing three games out in the desert to come back and take uh, two at home from, from uh, Lindenwood and actually three out of four on the season series. 
That's uh, that's it's impressive. Uh, damn right, it's impressive. That's great. That's impressive. That's the, great. Uh, and I think, and I think historically, and I could I could be totally wrong here, but historically, it's always seemed like UCO has always kind of bounced back well the following weekend, coming off a rough weekend, like what they had at the Arizona's. Right? They lose what they go did win one in regulation, so they they went zero for three basically, and then they bounce back and sweep the number two team in the league right now. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I think they, I think they bounce back uh, historically pretty well in these situations. So. Yeah. Well, hey, they, they, they did it, uh, his, historically or otherwise, they did it this past weekend. Yep. And, uh Props to them. That's going to help them tremendously in the rankings, um, and it'll shake things up a little bit at the top of the rankings as well. So, uh, uh, good, good, good for UCO. Hey, good for Coach yeah. Rivera, and uh, yes. good, good for the Broncos. Yep. Good for them. And we like a little chaos at the top of the rankings too. So. Yeah, one of us does. One of us does. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Hey, let's get to the games that you were at. Um, yep. Time to get your pom-poms out. Um, Give me some boomer sooner here, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. God. A, you're already... I, I, here, here. What? Here, hang, here, hang on a second. Since you won't do it, I've got it on my phone. I can play it in the background if oh, you want me to. Jeez. <laughs> no. Pass, pass. Um, the University of Oklahoma hosted Midland University. Midland plays in the other conference that I uh, oversee, uh, Midwest College Hockey. And uh, Midland is based out of Fremont, Nebraska. And uh, they came down. I didn't realize this. It's only seven hours away. Yeah. The, when I was talking to the coach on uh, Saturday afternoon, that's what he said. He's like, well, we're only six hours north. Yeah. And I was scratching my head. I was like, six hours? Like, you guys are in Nebraska, aren't you? Like, There you go. Just, was, on, just on the other side of Kansas. Yeah. I was thinking like 10, 11 hours. I was thinking a decent little drive. And yeah, he was like, oh, we're only six hours up the road. Yeah. And it's all interstate apparently. So uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, Oklahoma uh, and Andrew Sooners played uh, Midland. Midland uh, comes to town. Midland was, uh, this is their first year back in the ACHA. They, they took a year or two off to go play in the doomed and failed NAIA hockey. It was a decent little concept that was um, not very well, uh, not, well, Let's just say it was a decent concept, and uh, when you when you tried to put that concept into practice, it just didn't work. So yeah, they're back, and uh, we welcome them back to the ACHA, and they're in a decent little conference that's uh, in its first year of existence, the MCH. Here I am plugging uh, that oh, yeah. conference again. Their commissioner is pretty; he's a good guy. I like him. Uh, he's he's um, adult. Yeah, I got in trouble today because. Uh, <laughs> On a uh, on a on a broadcast that I was on over the weekend, I called it the B conference. Oh. And, yeah, and one of those coaches heard it, <laughs> and I got a phone call <laughs> about it. So I was like, "Oh, oh I'm in trouble." Yeah, I got caught. Yeah, I got caught. Is right. Well, hey, Oklahoma didn't get caught. They won both games against Midland on Saturday yeah. and Sunday uh, by the score of four to two. Andrew, you had the pleasure of being the public address announcer and the music guru and the just the general manager if you will for for the weekend so tell us what you saw i was i was the talent behind the scenes on saturday that's for sure yeah the uh but you know what Kay? i I was impressed with midland in the way they the way they showed up and the way they played i the one thing i thought watching them is they they lacked that one or two players that's like a a high-end talent right that that knows how to score, knows where the net's at, knows how to get there and put the puck in the net. Um, very, very workman type team, I thought. The uh, so on Saturday, the first game, 
first period, very, very close, very back and forth. I think there was only three or four whistles total, maybe in the whole first period. It was very back and forth, end to end hockey. Lots of lots of shots back and forth, lots of chances. And uh, then the second period kind of got out of hand a little bit. People got some attitudes and and quite a few penalties and all that back and forth. And then uh, third period, kind of kind of a little bit of the same. They uh, at the beginning. Quite a few penalties and all that, but still a lot of back and forth hockey. And then uh, Midland, they they tighten it up. It they make it three two in the uh, third period there. And then the fourth goal by Giamona, they get a OU gets an odd man breakaway, and Cameron Brown skates it down and gets behind the defense, and then ends up dishing it back up to the slot to Giamona and Giamona just unleashed a cannon on net and, and pounded it in and made it 4-2 with like 11 seconds to go. And uh, that kind of sealed the deal for Saturday for the boys. I was talking to the Midland coach um, on Sunday, and he, he, he was telling me, he was describing the game to me, and uh, he said, yeah, he, he didn't pull the goalie because he thought, you know what, 3-2 is better in the rankings than 4-2 if he'd have pulled the goalie and it was just yeah. an empty net. And he goes, and what do they do? They just come down and they rip off this clapper that goes right into the yeah. net with 11 seconds ago. He goes, I might as well yeah. have just pulled the goalie. Save me, <laughs> yeah, save me the trouble. Yeah, he should have. I mean, it's one of those, like when they set it up, it was it was an odd man rush. It was, I think it was a three-on-one if I remember right. And Cam Brown gets down and gets behind the, the one defender. And then Giamona was trailing in late and he just kind of, served up a little saucer pass right in the slot and what you see guys doing practice, right? And Giamona just stepped into it and it wouldn't have mattered who was back there. That thing was going to the back of the net and, and that's what it did. Yep. And then on Sunday, Sunday, I happened to be there. It was two to nothing in the first period, Oklahoma. And uh, then Midland kind of woke up a little bit and they, they did tighten it up. They, they scored uh, a nice little goal to make it uh, two to one. And Oklahoma comes back with a power play tally to uh, make it three to one Midland comes back with a power play tally of their own in the uh, late in the second period. Yep. Makes yeah, I'm sorry. Three. In the, yep. In uh, yeah, second period, three, two. Yep. There you go. Three to two. And then Oklahoma gets a, a late goal an empty netter uh, to make the score four to two. Uh, four to two. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, the, the thing, Andrew, that stood out to me, Midland has a bunch of big boys. Uh, he didn't have a very, um, he didn't have a full roster. They didn't come down. You can you can dress twenty one in the ACHA, or you can dress twenty two if you ha- if that twenty second person is a goaltender. Um, and so that's nineteen skaters and either two or three goalies. And um, I think it's fair to say that Midland brought down what fifteen, maybe sixteen skaters. Yeah, I think eight. Yeah. And 16. Yeah, he skated basically he skated the line short. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and and it and it showed. But they have some big boys that can skate, they have some big boys that uh, can't skate. And uh the the part of the game that I saw Andrew uh, on Sunday, I saw the second and third periods. Um they um it sure looked as if Oklahoma and Midland were more interested in uh, uh um, having a uh uh, a macho contest to see who uh, could who could beat each other up more as opposed uh, to who could play hockey. Well, you know, as much like the Saturday game, the the first period was very. Not, I'm not going to say wide open, but a lot of a lot of end to end action back and forth, and then you come out for the second period, and yeah, it was 
you know, things got out of hand. A lot of tripping, a lot of cross checkings, a lot of roughings, and you know, double, double the OU goaltender Phil Babb got a uh, double minor for what he get uh, roughing and a slashing in front of the net there. Um, he he cross checked a a guy slid into him and he cross checked him with a two handed cross check with his goalie stick. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. So he kind of he kind of lost his mind for a little bit and kinda. You know what? One of their one of their captains um, was in the box serving a two minute penalty for cross checking and and couldn't couldn't shut his mouth long enough and so he ended up getting a ten minute misconduct while he was already in the penalty box. So wow. Yeah, the, the second period kind of got out of hand a little bit. And then kind of what I noticed was kind of that depth and not having enough players. They uh, The third period, they just kind of ran out of gas, I think. And, oh, you just kind of took the kind of took the puck and didn't didn't score that empty netter. But since I got as Midland just didn't really have a chance in the third period at all. They, they just didn't have any gas left in the tank. Well, yeah, the part that I saw, Midland had a lot of momentum, uh, but their uh... – like I said, they had two guys, basically, Oklahoma 71 and Midland's 40. Uh, Bossy for Oklahoma and Sanko for Midland were going at each other, all, or at least the parts of the game that I saw. And with about eight minutes to go in the game, and Midland's carrying the game, got a lot of the momentum. You, you think that they're, I mean, they're putting the pressure on the Oklahoma defense, and they're on the power play. And Midland's number 40 takes a dumb penalty, and then he, he has an absolute whiteout on the ice <laughs> yes. um, and gets teed up for a 10. So in, with eight minutes to go, he gets a 2 and a 10. He's uh, not the most talented player, but he can score, and uh, he can shoot the puck like there's uh, no tomorrow. And so he basically takes himself out of the game, and from then on, yeah. uh, any threat that Midland had was just done. Yep, so sure uh, was. Yeah, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. So, uh, yeah, hey, nice little game. Two wins for Oklahoma. Yep. And, um, you know, Midland, uh, Midland, welcome back to the ACHA. And they'll, they'll learn from this. They had a lot of young kids on that Midland team. So, uh, yeah, so and it, they'll and learn. It, and talking to, talking to the coach, it seems like he had his stuff together. And, yeah, I think, they'll, I think they'll get better. And I think they'll be competitive here pretty soon. The coach is a great guy. Jason Cerrone played on the Italian Olympic team, played for the Winnipeg Jets, played Andrew for the Rio Grande Valley Killer Bees down there in yep. uh, Hidalgo. Uh, what, a, what a great guy. What a great guy. Played, uh, played in San Diego for the goals back yep. in the day. Yep. yep. So, yeah, I kept looking at his name. And I was talking to the guys there at the, that were volunteering for me on Sunday. And I was like, man, I was like, that name sure does sound familiar. I kept racking my brain, and I finally looked it up, and I saw where he played, and, and that's where I recognized him from, was San Diego and in Rio Grande Valley. Yep, he's a good, good, good guy, good guy. So we talk, he and I, we we talk quite a bit. He, he's a he's a great guy. So yep. hey, the, oh, so Oklahoma, any anything else to add? Any more pom pom shaking you got to do, Andrew? No, nah, just give us some boomer sooner, and I'll be happy. Jeez. Oh, all right. Well, hey, the last uh, set of games um, uh, for the weekend were actual conference games here for the Western Collegiate League. The Sun Devils from ASU uh, ventured all the way up to Springfield, uh, Missouri, to take on the Missouri State Ice Bears. And uh, boy, and, and I happen to be there. Uh, I was going to say they brought their number one fan with them. <laughs> their number one fan. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you what. Here, here, here's the here's the funny deal. I mean, it, the game we had two very good games, and it was um, uh, Arizona State 
ended up winning the uh, game one, five to four. Missouri State took uh, the the next game, four to two. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Andrew, I think you called for a sweep, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I did. So much for those predictions. Yeah, but so much for that. It was almost a sweep because Andrew, with less than five minutes to go in the hockey game on Friday night, Missouri State was up four to one. And Arizona State scores four goals in the last four minutes, four and a half minutes of the game to go from four to one down to five to four up. And the place, I'm telling you, the Jordan Valley Ice Park was sold out. The reserved seating was sold out. Um, all of the, they packed as many people as they possibly could in the um, general admission sections of the uh, Jordan Valley Ice Park. The place was just filled to the rim. As uh, a coach up in Iowa would say, they were hanging from the rafters, by golly. They were swinging from the rafters. <laughs> yep. And I'm telling you what, the place was just stunned. It was 4-1 to one and wait, late, in the, uh, late in the game with less than five minutes to go, and Zach Kowalchuk for Arizona State just lets – he let a, a, a slap shot go from the blue line. You know, uh, nothing special about it. He just ripped one right off of a uh, – right off the draw, and it found its way into the net. Boom, four to two. And then, you know, like, I don't know, maybe a minute later, Arizona State, I forget who it was, gets another goal, and it was – it was a – it was. It wasn't from the blue line, but it was like from the between the t- between the top of the circles and the blue line. Boom! All of a sudden, next thing you know, you're like four to three, and you can just hear the the mumbling, the stirring in the in the stands. You're like, oh boy! And sure enough, Arizona State pulls the goaltender. They put six people out there on the ice, and it's a scramble. And uh, you know, you know how it goes. The 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 goals like this they, they're never pretty goals yeah. there was a scramble in front of the net the puck squirted off to the right side and Zach Kowalchuk a defenseman was just hanging down there and slammed it home to tie the game with like a minute or minute and a half to go I think it was maybe maybe we're close to the two minute mark yeah it's close well, yeah, on the score sheet is close to two minutes here yep and then hold on Andrew hey this is going to be you're going to enjoy this Hold on. This is courtesy of WSR Live and Steve Kasson with Missouri State. Then, with uh, 37 seconds, we're going to pick it up at the 57 at the 57 second mark. But hold on. Shot comes in. Save there. And Missouri State. Back on their heels again. Puck chipped in. Big save. Score! Arizona State has come back. They have taken the lead with 36.1 seconds left. How about that? Courtesy of Steve Casson yeah. and WSR Live. That was Elliot Pleward, number 11. Um, it's, 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 it looks a lot better on YouTube than it sounds, apparently. But... Um, Boy, he was just the right place, right time again. The puck, the initial save was made, but the puck squirted off to the uh, other side of the goal. And Plourd was there to just poke it into a wide open net. And hey. ASU completes a just a stunning comeback with four goals in like four and a half minutes to 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 steal a game, literally steal a game at the <laughs> Jordan Valley Ice Park. Game. Yeah, that's that's unreal. 
unreal. In 12, it, I'm looking here, it says the state of the attendance was 1,215 people. I guarantee you 1,200 of them left stunned. Yeah, I couldn't believe what they just saw. What a game. And then, um, in fact, I was there, and some, some people were asking, you know, who are you rooting for, Arizona State, Missouri State? And I was like, I'm just rooting for a good, clean game. Yeah, I'm just here, yeah. And, you know, a casual, uh, a semi-objective observer, holy smokes, what a game that was. I mean, that's what yeah. you're looking for in a college hockey game. Yeah, you're exactly right. Next night is a little different story. Arizona State um, – uh, doesn't they tried to make the comeback? Uh, Missouri State goes up four to nothing uh, in the second period, and then uh, Arizona State scores a couple of goals in the third. So you're thinking, uh oh, here's a repeat. Oh, of here what, we go. Yep, here we go again. But uh, it wasn't to be, and um, Missouri State salts the game away, and so they uh, confirm the split on the weekend. And um, it's, I mean, what a what a what a great little. Both games were, I thought, were were very well done, uh, not heavy on the penalties. I mean, geez, we had, yeah, I think we had, what, seven penalties on on uh, on Saturday night and, yeah, what, eight seven, or nine the, the night before? Nine on Friday. It wasn't yeah. like it was a parade to the box like you saw down here at Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, um, I saw I saw somewhat of a gong show down here at our place. Yeah, a good bunch of bunch of donkeys on ice at times. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, boy, I mean, just two very good, two uh, hard, um, and well played uh, hockey games. And um, uh, any, anyways, it's uh, it was it was good to see, and it was um, uh, it was you know good to see uh, both teams find some success, and. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. So that that affected, but those were the only conference games that we had this weekend, and that resulted in a shakeup of our WCHL standings. Yep. At the remember, we're doing win percentage or points percentage for those um, uh, technicians out there. Um, <laughs> Arizona did not play, um, uh, but they are in first place with a seventy-two win percentage. Uh, Oklahoma did not play; uh, they're in second place with a sixty-three win percentage. Arizona State did play. They had two games. They won one, lost one. And um, they were in second place after Friday night, but uh, losing the game on Saturday popped them down to third place. So they're at 58.9% for um, uh, third place. Central Oklahoma is in fourth place with 48%. Missouri State is in fifth place with 40% of their uh, points earned. Let's see here. Colorado State is in sixth place with uh, 33%, and then Colorado's rounding out the, uh, the conference with 16%. So uh, it was a good little shakeup there. Arizona State was in second place going into the weekend, and uh, Oklahoma's, uh, by doing nothing, your Oklahoma Sooners have moved up a little bit. They're hanging in there. A lot of that's the product of the fact that Arizona State has played 13 games. They've played the most games than anybody right now in the conference. Yeah, so everybody else will everybody else will catch up and, and everyone. This, this, yep. Yeah, in in what three four weeks this this leaderboard won't even look the same. There you go, there you go. They won't even look the same. All right, well, hey, let's do this. Let's uh, hear a little. Uh, let's hear a little intermission break, and then we're going to come back and we get to our usual garbage about uh, three stars of the week and rankings and some other stuff. Sound good, Andrew? Sounds like a plan to me. All right, hold on. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey.
Andrew, I did that just for you, buddy. That's a Maxine Nightingale. That is a great tune right there. <laughs> I figure you would enjoy that. Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, hey, it's that time of the week. It's time for Andrew's three stars of the week for the WCHL. Andrew, why don't you get us started here with star numero trace. Star number three from the Arizona State University. I'm going Elliot Plord. He had two goals and two assists. And he had that massive game winner on Friday night to seal the deal for the Wild or Wildcats. Holy smokes, the Sun Devils. Man, you, I had a foul in the first part. You just <laughs> fouled. Uh-oh. I did. I did. We Holy need, smokes. We need to get on our game here. Plord, Plord is a heck of a little player. Number 11. Um, he is the, uh, the, the jelly to the peanut butter that is number 19 out there, uh, 19, 11 and six. That's a heck of a line there for ASU. So, all right. So number three is Plord star number two, star number two from the university of Oklahoma. I'm going the defenseman Jackson Giamona with three goals and one assist on the weekend. Alrighty. And star numero uno, star number one, Andrew's first star of the week. I am going from the University of Arizona, Max Meyer. He had two goals and two assists. Wow, look at you. So two, uh, I believe we have voted, or we, I have voted Elliot Plord as a star of the week before. Yeah. But Giamona and Meyer are newcomers to the list. All right. Now, uh, there has to be some honorable mentions. If not, I'm going to add one. Oh, yeah. Honorable. So I'm going two honorable mentions here. I'm going an honorable mention for Alex Henry. Yeah. With the 97, 97 shots, three goals against. That is stellar in my opinion. I'm stunned that he's not one of your three stars. Beating the number. <laughs> I'm serious. The, uh, hey, he was there last week, so so shining some light on some new kids here. So All we're right. giving him the honorable, honorable mention here. And yeah. then I'm also going an honorable mention for the uh, Arizona State Sun Devils. In that massive Friday night comeback with what would what do we say four minutes four and a half minutes to go they they come back and win the thing so I'm yep. giving uh, I'm giving the whole team over there an honorable mention. <laughs> You're all right. Hey, let's let the record reflect because there is one of our uh, few listeners um, out there that does think that we we tend to shine a little too much love onto uh, Oklahoma and Arizona State. Let the record reflect. And, and Andrew, they think I show the love for Arizona state and you show the love for Oklahoma. So I just want the record to reflect. You're the one showing the love for Arizona state right now. Not me. Hey, I, I just know that you're the Arizona state Homer and I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to stay on the podcast here. So <laughs> I'm just following your lead by giving them some love out there yeah, your belly yeah. a little bit. So yeah, yeah, that's the only, no. <laughs> All right. Get me in trouble here. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just big on the conference and, uh, they, they did good. Okay. So we got Plord, Jamona and Meyer with an honorable mention, uh, for the guy who got robbed, um, Alex Henry, and then you're kissing the butt of the entire rest of the Arizona state <laughs> team. Okay. Yeah. Just yep, want to make sure we got it. Yeah. Got it all straight. You're good. All right. All right. I was, we ought to give props to, to the color, to the Jamestown kids that had their own Colorado scorekeeper, but, uh, yeah, geez, <laughs> thanks for filling in boys. Hey, you're, you're in our barn here, here. You, you get to run the, cor- <laughs> the uh, control board today. All right. Last week in the ACHA rankings, it was ranking number seven. Um, let's remember how it, it, it the rankings get released every Wednesday around noontime, uh, noon around, uh, let's see, it's noon Eastern. So 11, Central, what's that, 10 o'clock Mountain Time in Arizona time? Uh, 
so in this most recent ranking, and it's remember it's all done by computer. We have no more bias from the from the coaches, so that's no fun. Um, Arizona was number seven, and uh, Oklahoma was number ten. Arizona State was number thirteen. Central Oklahoma was fourteen. So we had four teams in the top 25. If you go to the rest of the computer, um, Missouri State was number 27, uh, Colorado State was number 32, and Colorado was number 49. That's how it was last week. With the assist of our good friend, uh, the wizard, all hat, no cape, he has uh, blessed us with some prognostications, very unofficially, for how the computer is going to look this week. Are you ready, Andrew? Oh, lay it on us. Arizona should move up from 7 to 5. Ooh. UCO should move up by virtue of their two wins over the number two team in the nation. UCO should move up from 14 to 8. Ooh, that's a big jump. That's a gigantic jump. Oklahoma, by virtue of two wins over Midland, will drop a spot from 10 to 11. Probably because of all of Andrew's hype and (laughs) bias. It's because you didn't give us enough boomer sooner on the podcast here. <laughs> well, we'll have to take care of that, huh? Uh, Arizona State uh, goes from 13 to 15. Uh, Missouri State will move up a spot uh, from 27 to 26. Uh, Colorado State, by virtue of playing the number nine team in the nation, even though they got waxed, will move up from 32 to 30. And Colorado uh, will move up six spots from 49 to 43. So in the upcoming rankings, which should be that we still have four teams in the top 25. That's number five, Arizona, number eight, Central Oklahoma, number 11, Oklahoma, number 15, Arizona State. And then just outside of the top 25, Missouri State uh, will be there at 26. Colorado State will be there at 30. And CU will be there at 43. So what are your thoughts there? Any any uh, prognostications? Any great pearls of wisdom? No, not big jump by UCO. Um, good for Arizona. Cracking the top five this season. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's keep getting after it, right? There you go. There you go. Well, it's going to be a big test this week with some upcoming games. Um, UNLV, uh, the running rebels or the skating rebels, I guess they call themselves. They're going to play two games at number five, Arizona this weekend. Uh, they'll actually play on Thursday and Saturday night. Um, do you want to get to your predictions, Andrew? I can, we can do that if you want to. Let's do that. Vegas is at Arizona. Vegas, I think is a tough little team. We're going to find out, you know, Arizona's good. Are they number five? I mean, they're top 10, top 15, but are they, just dominating, blow people out of the water like an Adrian, like a uh, like a like a Lindenwood would, like a Central Oklahoma of, of days of your would. I don't know, but I guess we're going to find out this weekend when Vegas comes to town because Vegas is a good little a good little squad. They are, they are. I uh, you know I've, I've got some I've got some opinions on some of those other teams that are that blow everybody out all the time. Yeah. You know, uh, and it's Western Collegiate League teams. We play each other a lot, and we play a lot of the teams around us close, like the Iowa States and Linden Woods and all of that. So even outside of league play, we play tough teams. So, you know, if, since we're talking about Arizona, you know, they, they play a tough little schedule. So yes, you know, they do. Close, close games. So, yeah, I would think uh, I would think that they're very deserving of their um, top five ranking right now. And then right. – uh, We'll see what they got, but I am taking them on both Thursday and Saturday. Whoa! So you got the Wildcats to sweep the Skating Rebels. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not impressed with UNLV yet. So 
UNLV yeah. did go up to North Dakota recently, and they uh, got swept. I think they had, they had three games at Minot and Jamestown, and I'm pretty sure they lost all three games. Yeah, I, they're, they're a decent little team, but, yeah, I don't think they're on the level of Arizona. So I see Arizona taking both of those. Good, good. Well, hey, I hope you're right, and I hope that uh, Arizona – I would love to see – the thing with Arizona, and this this isn't a knock, it's just the the teams that are traditionally just beasts, they have skill, but they also have, um, uh, they, they can beat you with skill, but they can also just grind games out. And I'm, I guess I'm waiting to see a, a, a game that gets ground out, you know. Yeah. And I, I guess you can, you know, say that these, the more recent games here against Western Michigan are uh, grinds of, of games where they, you know, snuck one out there in the third period but uh i guess we're going to find out vegas i think is it has has a lot of talent and uh they're going to push u of a so i i hope you're right in that there's a sweep that's as the commissioner of the western collegiate league i too will go with the sweep there you go all right um your oklahoma sooners are going to host alabama on friday and saturday Alabama is an independent, and I don't know much about them other than their Alabama and their quarterback just broke his hip, which was a terrible, terrible, terrible yeah, injury. Yeah, that is that is awful. Yeah, so I don't know how they're going to be able to skate without their quarterback. But Andrew, <laughs> tell us how what you believe OU will do against I, Alabama. I don't know much about Bama. I know, and I believe that Missouri State kind of ran over them when they played earlier this season. So I was kind of basing that off of my knowledge there, and I'm taking OU for two. Well, that's a shocker, Andrew. You, you, the uh, the pom pom thrower themselves from Oklahoma, gonna pick Oklahoma. I'm stunned. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Iowa State is gonna venture over to the fort. They're gonna go to the coolest town I think in Colorado, Fort Collins. Um, boy, the guys in Boulder probably hate me for that, but whatever. Um, uh, what do you think? The Cyclones are pretty good. They just split this past weekend with uh, Minot. No, they got. I think they got beat both times by Minot. Um, so, anyways, Iowa State is uh, credit to them. They go on the road. They're playing Colorado State at Epic. What do you think is going to happen? You know what? I think we've got two pretty similar teams going at it this weekend in Iowa State and Colorado State. Yeah. Not a not a lot of high-end offensive uh, talent that they've shown so far this season, but both teams have very solid goaltenders on the backside. So I think it's going to be a uh, grind up there, and I am taking a split. Uh, Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Well, we got to see Iowa State earlier uh, this season when they came down to uh, Central Oklahoma and played those guys. And, yeah, they they've they've – they're a team that doesn't score an awful lot of goals, just like Colorado State doesn't score an awful lot of goals. So that should be they, kind of an interesting series. Yeah, but they but they both work hard. So, you know, that's yep. It, yep. it's going to be a grind up there. And, it, yeah, I see a split there. Utah, the skating Utes of Utah, will venture down to Tempe to take on uh, the Sun Devils of Arizona State at the Ocean, Oceanside Ice Arena, the coldest drink in all of America, I believe. <laughs> How do you see that shaking out, Andrew? I don't think that one's even going to be even close. I think Arizona State's going to run right over them. Man, I think you're right. But uh, if, if 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 the guys from Arizona State or if any of them are listening, uh, don't take them lightly because they can they can win. Uh, Utah, remember a couple of years ago, I think they've, I think this season they've already beat UNLV, and last year they beat Minot. Um, so they're they're known for pulling a, a rabbit out of a hat every now and then. 
Yeah, they've they've kind of taken some dirty beatings here of late too. So. Well, yes, yeah. they, they they took them. Yes, they have <laughs> dirty beatings. I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> All right, and then we have the uh, the big WCHL matchup of the week. Again, most every game is non-conference, but uh, the Central Oklahoma Bronchos are headed all the way up to Spring Vegas to take on the Ice Bears at Missouri State. How do you see UCO at Missouri State? You know what? I am. Uh, I think I'm going to see a split on this one. Really? I was kind of torn, but yeah, I think Missouri State's kind of one of those teams that doesn't go away and won't go away. And uh, yeah, I see them. I see them splitting here. Interesting. I know that uh, Missouri State and UCO, they're. Um, uh, they like to play one another. They've even before we had a conference, they like to play one another. And uh, UCO uh, uh, likes to go up and win in Springfield. Yeah, and yeah. I think it was only last year that Missouri State finally beat them like both games up there. I uh, I am going to make this disclaimer that if Alex Henry goes off for stopping a hundred pucks out of a hundred pucks like what he did this past weekend, that uh, UCO is going to take two games. So. Take it for what it is. All right. All right. So you've got UCO and Missouri State splitting yep. up there at the Jordan Valley Ice Park. Well, that'll be interesting. All right. So you've got Arizona taking two from UNLV. You've got Oklahoma taking two from Alabama. You've got Colorado State and Iowa State splitting. You've got uh, Arizona State taking two from Utah. Yep. And then you've got Central Oklahoma and Mo State splitting. Yep. Interesting. All right. Well, hey, hold on for a quick second. Let's uh, we we need to kind of wind this up. We've been prattling on for a while. A lot of games to yes. talk about. Yes, we have. All right. Hold on. Let's uh, take another quick little intermission break. Hold on. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is um, like that. You know? Mm-hmm. And um, there's a penalty for that. Yeah. Uh, and for a trip also, you know, oh. like that, and mm-hmm. for hook like this, and uh, for spear, you know, like that, mm-hmm. all bad. Bad. You do that, you go to the box, you know, uh, two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, mm-hmm. and then you get free. Andrew, this past weekend I had the pleasure of going up to Missouri State, and yep. I don't I don't have any gritches. No gritches. But I have I have some I have some uh, I guess observations. Will that will oh, that boy. will that work? That works for me. Friday night was the first time in my life I have ever seen a puck in play during the game split in half. No way. During the game, and uh, Andrew, it happened not once but twice in the same game. Ooh. The linesman goes over to uh, drop the puck, and the puck sp- he throws it down flat. The puck splits right straight down the middle. He he literally picked up both pieces, uh, skated over to the penalty box, threw one in one penalty box, threw the other half in the other penalty box, <laughs> and got a brand new puck. That a boy. And then uh, and then uh, during the game, 
um, it, it happened again. Uh, the puck just split in half, and play had to stop, and uh, they got themselves a brand-new puck. I don't know if that's – I was told that's, that Missouri State received a bad batch of pucks. That's that's bad juju. Uh, well, that day, it turned out to be bad juju because that was Friday night, right? Um, bad, so bad, was, bad, yeah, bad juju. But uh, I don't know. So, I, I, you know, my theory – now, totally unscientific, and I know next to nothing about any of this, but my theory was that the pucks were just too cold, right? But um, I mentioned that theory to an assistant coach who just laughed at me and said, oh, no, that's not right. Uh, rubber loves the cold. And I'm thinking, man, if, it, if anything is too cold, it'll split. So Yeah. Anyways, uh, that was the first time. And the only reason it, it, it made me chuckle years and years and years ago when I was the loudmouth screaming into a microphone on behalf of Oklahoma, <laughs> I smarted off about an official who I thought did something wrong during, um, I, I thought did not know what the heck he was doing in overtime. And um, so they brought me out onto the ice during a charity game and had me be the referee. And then during one of the breaks, they had me, they, they gave me a bunch of uh, uh, officiating you know, questions. And one of the questions was, what happens when when the guy shoots the puck, the puck is splits in half, and half of it goes into the net, and half of it does not. Is it a goal? Oh, you, you only counted half a goal. <laughs> well, I, you know, dummy me. I said, well, of course it went into the net. It's a goal. And the referee said, nope. In the rule book, the entire puck has to cross the goal line. And yeah. in this case, only half of it crossed the goal line. So yeah. Yeah. I had to give myself a penalty. Yeah, if you think about it. Yeah, if you think about the technical aspects of it. They say the entire puck has to cross the goal line. So, I had the pleasure on Friday night of sitting next to the godfather of Missouri State hockey, uh, Stan Melton. And uh, Stan, uh, Andrew, I'm here to tell you he is proud to be the 15th listener here on the WCHL podcast. He wanted to make sure uh, for me to tell you that um, he enjoys the podcast. Why, I have no clue. Um, but, uh, he said he, he enjoys it and, uh, he likes listening to, uh, you and says, he's going to have to meet you. And I said, well, you're not missing much. So, Uh, but, uh, he, he was, he was very kind and very gracious. Met him, him, uh, Stan. I I always love seeing Stan, but, uh, his wife met his wife and, um, he was just, uh, so courteous and had lots of great stories, uh, while we're sitting there during the Friday game. And, uh, he was, he was kind of despondent, but he's always, always very cheery, even though the outcome wasn't, uh, what he wanted on the ice. He was very cheery, uh, after the game and very pleasant. A Southern gentleman all the way from, uh, Southwest Missouri there, Stan Melton. And I think, didn't they, uh, even go above and beyond and, and recognize your attendance? You know, um, they, they did on the, on the Friday night thing. They, he, they, they just said, you know, hey, we got a lot of special guests. They had the Boys and Girls Club of, uh, of Springfield, which is pretty pretty awesome. And it was Military Appreciation Weekend. The, the Ice Bears were wearing these sweet little uh, um, gray kind of camo, that digital camo yep. look that looked really good with their maroon bear. Um, unlike those god-awful, graphics, ugly uniforms. vomit. Oh, those things that your Oklahoma Sooners wore last year <laughs> that looked yeah. like it didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, these things looked sharp and classy. And so, yeah, they had, they, they, they were, uh, you know, recognizing a lot of uh, folks. And so, yeah, I got mentioned on, on Friday night. And then Stan, uh, a little did I know, he was actually the PA announcer on Saturday night. And, boy, he not only did he show me a little love, he showed you a lot of love because he yeah. – it was you'll, – you'll appreciate this, Andrew. He talked up, you know, the fact that I was there and said, you know, well, hello to, to, to me and my wife and blah, blah, blah. And he said, Chris has a podcast and you, you should listen to it. It's really informative. And Andrew's on there. And, you know, Andrew, his co-host, Andrew, is just really sharp and really smart. And you want to listen to it, you know, check it out at westernchl.com. And honest to God, is I mean, I'm sitting there embarrassed beyond belief. My wife is giving me a hard time. And a, <laughs> and a guy behind me who d- doesn't know me from Adam goes, I hear him talking to a buddy, and he goes, "Yeah, it's all about Oklahoma." I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I heard that, and I just started cracking. I'm like, yeah, it's all about Oklahoma. <laughs> I couldn't that's believe awesome. it. That's awesome. Oh, when we heard that, my wife and I, we just started cracking up laughing. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Stan told me he said uh, that, that he has a philosophy that there are there are always two games going on uh, on any particular game night. There's one on the ice, and then there's one in the stands. And uh, if they fill the place up, and uh, you know, put a whole lot of butts in seats, and uh, then they they've won that game. So they they always want to win uh, on the ice. But if not, then there's all you know they they also at least want to win the game. Uh, at least one of those games every night, especially the one that's off the ice. And um, I'm I'm here to tell you, they do it right up there at Missouri State. I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's it's always amazing when you go up there, the level of organization that they have in terms of their uh, the off ice personnel, the people helping out in the uh, in the uh, in, in in just in the the, the off ice officials. You know the the people working the boxes. Yeah. Um, Steve Casson with his uh, tremendous uh, broadcast, um, and they they the volunteers they they the they're all the fans Andrew the fans I don't know that I saw a fan that did not have some sort of ice bear paraphernalia on whether it was a a jersey you know a regular jersey or one of these special commemorative jerseys from Star Wars Night or uh, Breast Cancer Awareness. Or you know military appreciation, what have you, or a T-shirt or a hat. They all had something. Yeah, that go, that goes a long ways for paying the bills, right there. It, right? it does, and and it goes a long way towards um, uh, developing a, a a devoted fan base. And boy, do they have it up there. They Andrew, there was a line. You know, the games at at uh, seven o'clock, and at six thirty, they let the doors fly, and you know, there's a line and a half at the Jordan Valley Ice Park to get into huh. the rink it's it's amazing so they have they have it going on up there at missouri state they're very well organized jeremy law and uh ryan armstrong and um Brent, uh, <laughs> coach mcclue uh, they're all uh they're all great guys and they they have it going on on the ice and then stan melton and uh ryan armstrong and guys like kurt bus and they have it going on off the ice so uh they're very very nice uh, they couldn't be uh, more hospitable. They couldn't be more courteous. Um, I sat on game two. You'll, you'll like this because I sat next to Stan on game one. They and, and they lost the game. They they traded out some seats for me. They uh, moved you. They yeah because it was bad juju. And so on uh, game 
too. I was sitting next to Zane O'Brien's grandfather. Uh, and Zane O'Brien is number 15 for the Ice Bears. And um, he was kind of nudging me a little bit. Uh, he was a, a veteran wearing his, uh, uh, you know, the, the ball caps that veterans wear. And yep. uh, nudging me, he goes, hey, you're here for Arizona State, aren't you? And I said, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm here for a clean game. I don't care who wins. I just want, you know, good hockey and nobody gets hurt. No, but uh, so it was good to meet uh, the O'Brien uh, family or parts, the, the parts that sat next to me on, on game two. And uh, Gary Momford, who's a longtime podcast listener. Um, it's great to see him and Corbin and Rhonda Ashlock. And I mean, just it was it was good to see a lot of folks. And it was um, uh, it was very uh, it, it made me feel good because the Missouri State Ice Bears, um, say what you will about what they're doing on the ice, but they're getting treated very well by the folks that uh, have a lot of passion yeah. for that organization, and they're doing it right for them off the ice. Yeah, so, they, they've, uh, built a, they've built a good brand up there. Damn right, and they're, and they're doing a good job of it. So I couldn't be happier. I mean, they've got it going on, and even, even the folks at Arizona State, the visiting team, uh, you know, noticed it, and they were like, wow, this – this is a top notch. They know what they're doing up here, so pretty impressive. Yeah, that the uh, just having everybody wearing your apparel that comes in the door, that's that's huge, right? And that's just that's just money in the bank. Yeah, and they're courteous, and they're you know they're not yeah. evil. There was there were some Arizona State fans that traveled, and you know there was no fist fights or anything. They were just glad to see you there. They're it's just southern hospitality. Yeah. So. Yeah, very, very nice. You know what I did, Andrew? I did not – usually when I go on the road and um, I find a place to eat because, you know, I'm big as a house. But this time I did not. Instead of finding a place to eat, I went to Fantastic Caverns. Really? Yes. Underground. It's one of the few caverns apparently in the world that was a ride-through cavern. Meaning, you know, you go to Carlsbad or something, you got to walk around, right? You got to walk up and down yeah. stairs and whatnot. This thing, you hop. There's a there's a jeep that's uh, that pulls a little trailer, and you hop in the back of the trailer like you're on a hayride, except for you're on a cave ride. And uh, Andrew, I'm here to tell you, I thought it was the. I've, you know, I've seen those billboards on the side of the road for years. I mean, how many times? If anybody's traveled Interstate oh, 44. Yeah up and down through Missouri at any time, you're going to see ads for caverns all over the place. Yes. And you, you know, it's, it's like the, like the rattlesnake farms, you know, yeah, here in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you just kind of roll your eyes going, yeah, tourist trap, tourist trap. That's what yeah, I was sure expecting. Thing, yeah. That's what I was expecting, Andrew. And I was a hundred percent wrong. It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. Wasn't uh, it? It wasn't the highlight of the trip, but it came pretty darn close. So games that's, that's Friday, Friday and Saturday games were one and two, and Fantastic Caverns was right there at number three. You know, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's a great little uh, what is it? A steak and shake, just right around the corner from the uh, Jordan Valley Ice Park. If I'm, there, it's been it's yep. it's been a while since I've been up there. No, yep, it's it's there. The original steak and shake is right there. The, the original. No, that's what I was thinking. The uh, that is a, that is a fantastic place to get a burger right there. Well, it, it it was apparently many years ago, but on Friday night, I can hear, tell you it was not. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it was due to the cook. He was having issues, but uh, 
I was disappointed with yeah. my with with my he, patty melt and my vanilla shake. But the vanilla shake was great. The patty melt. Mm. He could probably he could probably sense that you were there for Arizona State, so he got what you got. <laughs> That's right. He gave you the visitor special. <laughs> yeah, you got the visitor special for sure. Well, so I got to uh, yeah, but got to and while we're driving out there in the boonies, uh, trying to find this fantastic cavern in the middle of the uh, uh, Missouri farmland. We ran across a couple of deer. I didn't shoot them, but, you know, I, I, I could have found myself on that Northwoods Law or Texas Lone, Lone Star Law, whatever those shows are on cable TV, you know, about game wardens that chase people down. Yep. I saw so many deer by the side of the road. I could, if it had, I had a rifle with me, I could have just leaned it out the window and had some road hunting going on and just gotten in a lot of trouble and been a, become a TV star. Yeah, I have, I'm not a big hunter, much like yourself, but... But I have been informed that deer season does open this weekend, so I am looking forward to all the venison sausage and all that stuff that all of our buddies will start bringing in here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, deer rifle season started on Friday up there in Missouri, so uh, boy, and they were out. The deer were out in force. We saw plenty of them, bucks and does. And um, uh, that, anyways, hey, it was it was cool. It was a great little trip. It was. Um, it was good to get up there, and um, I was glad to see uh, two great little games, and um, especially that that one. I mean, it was a stunner for the home team, I'm sure. But uh, wow, what a what a what a uh, what a weekend of hockey! Yeah, so, yeah. All right, what do you got going on here? Any any, any tidbits of wisdom that you have? I mean, I well, know we're I, coming up on Thanksgiving. We are, we are. So I am. I know I am talking to the original uh, Holiday Grinch on my podcast here tonight. <laughs> Is that you or me? No, that would be you. Oh, the, uh... <laughs> <laughs> let's but, clarify. Uh, let's clarify. So we're gonna get we're gonna get the listeners into the uh, holiday spirits here. So we're gonna start it out this tonight with uh, the top three Thanksgiving desserts. Oh, geez, dessert is my thing. That's what I yeah. I knew I could get you interested if I just went desserts there. There you go, boy. <laughs> There's only three. What? Yeah, yeah. So, so off the top of your head, list off your top three Thanksgiving desserts. All right, that's that's super easy. <laughs> super easy, right? Number three, pumpkin pie. Oh. Yep. Number two, Ugh. pecan pie. Fields pecan pie from Fields yeah. in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Smith or whoever it is that makes those uh, frozen pies. In the uh, in the section, she doesn't do it right. But the Fields family down in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, that's number they, two. They do it right. Damn yeah. right. And then number one, blueberry banana cream pie made by myself. It is awesome. It's a family Perry secret. And <laughs> it is the bomb. Oh, boy. So it, Andrew, it has bananas. It has, like, a layer of bananas. Kay. And then it has, like another layer of bananas. And then when you think that that's enough, you add on as many more bananas as you possibly can. So you get a banana and you get a banana. No, no, no. You get a bunch of bananas and then you get a bunch of bananas. There are bananas everywhere. And then you take, you take dream whip. See, I'm I'm telling you the family secret, but I'm not going to tell you the, the amounts, but you take uh, dream whip, sugar, vanilla, and Philadelphia cream cheese. Uh-huh. Mix them all up into you whip it all into a nice little uh, uh, layer or not a layer, but like a mixture, a whipped mixture. Put that on top of your bananas. And then 
After that thing sets, you take some blueberry pie filling, put it on top, and oh my God, you have died and gone to heaven. It is so good. There's a radio host here in Oklahoma City. He said, it's so good, your tongue will slap your brains out. And that's it. Man, so there we go. Number three, pecan, pumpkin pie, pecan pie, and blueberry banana cream pie. Oh boy! All right. So mine's probably not as mine's probably not as festive as what yours is because I am absolutely one hundred percent against anything that is pumpkin flavored. Oh come on! I, oh, it makes me gag just thinking about it. I mean, this is a pumpkin spice podcast. How can you be oh. against uh, pum- anything pumpkin flavored? Yeah, anything pumpkin spiced, anything pumpkin. I am out one hundred percent. So I saw where there was a pumpkin spice oil change the other day. Yikes! <laughs> so. So no no pumpkin on my list here, but I am going number three. Yeah, I am going my grandmother's no bake chocolate cookies. Nana's no bake cookies. I like it. Yeah, yeah. My mom, she's no longer with us, so my mom has tried taking up the uh, challenge of making these things, and it's just not the same. <laughs> so, Do, well, what's so good about it? Do they have chocolate chips in them? Do they have M and M's in them? Do they have? Uh, uh, it's uh, it's coconut and Hershey's cocoa powder, and a little bit of chocolate chips and some pecans chopped up in there, and yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever she did to it, they were they were the best. No Thanksgiving whiskey or uh, bourbon or anything. Nope, nothing like that. All right. All right, so Nana's no bake cookies. Yeah, what else? Yeah, number number two, I am going much like yourself. I am going a banana pudding. Yeah. Although although my banana pudding does not have blueberry pie filling in it, it has vanilla wafers. It has bananas sliced up. It has vanilla pudding and a little bit of whipped cream on top of it if you want. And then, like you said yourself, as many bananas added to it as you want. So that's just banana pudding. Banana pudding with vanilla wafers. Straight banana pudding. It's good stuff. Right. And then, and then uh, number one, I am going my also with my grandmother's secret apple pie recipe. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is like no other apple pie out there. It is, I guess, shredded, sliced, shredded. I guess apples instead of all the nice lattice pie crust and all that on top it doesn't have any of that it's just uh as many apples as you can shred and fit into a pie tin with the crust and the cinnamon and whatever else makes the juices and the pie filling of it and uh yeah it is it is to die for so this apple pie doesn't have any lattice covering does it have any covering or does it have just like a crumb covering nope it is it is just straight apples and then the cinnamon and (laughs) and whatever else Whatever else you put in it that they that they do, they, it's, uh, it's just baked apples. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, it's got some kind of filling in it that holds all the apples together and all that. And yeah, when you think apple pie, you think the big lattice tops and all of that, and then you see this, and it's like, oh, well, what is that? And then you you dive into it, and it is absolutely to die for. Very nice, very nice. All right. So I've I have been on apple pie in apple pie jail for the past two years i think because i uh i did i we went over to my parents for thanksgiving a couple years ago i think it's been three years ago now and uh my mom is all proud of herself she had made this apple pie and spent all day working on it and all this and it comes out and it looks like it had just been butchered (laughs) and and me not being lost for words i brought up the fact that this it had been to the butcher shop and and run over with with a road torch. And, oh, uh, Andrew. 
she she tried to uh, beat on me for a while, and ever since she has quit making them. So you don't do that to your mom. Come on. <laughs> well, you can my mom. I mean, no. you know her. <laughs> no, you don't do that. To, you don't do that to anybody's mom. If if they took the time to put a whole lot of love and in uh in effort into a pie it's the best pie ever made you yeah, know at least while she's around yeah you, you know my mom you can you can you can give her you can rib her all you want no 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 i would never do Shit. that i would never do that <laughs> i would also never share my blueberry banana cream pie with her so uh anyways there you go yeah so apple pie all right so so nana's apple pie is number one followed by just regular banana pudding well you're really exciting there and then, uh, and then Nana's no bake cookies. There you have it. All right. Well, hey, I, I like your I like your variety because I went pie pie pie, and you're doing pie pudding and cookies. So yeah, you gotta have, you gotta have some variety here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Okay. All right. Well, what else do you got for me there, Tiger? I think that is pretty close. The, I got uh, I got a question for you. What was the most requested song since you ran the music at this uh, at this glorious event? There for uh, for the <laughs> Oklahoma games. What was the most requested song that you had to play? The uh, I received no request. <laughs> I got nothing. You got nothing. I got nothing. You didn't you didn't have to play like the new Harry Styles or the new uh, the 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 latest from um, Tool or anything? I I did not. I don't. You know. I don't let the people know that I that I can take a request over there. So <laughs> you know what I. Uh, I, I build my playlist a day or two before and, and roll with it. and So you pretty much get to listen to what I want to listen to. The best part, on well, not the best part, but one of the great parts on Friday night up there at Missouri State, um, it, and it was right before Missouri, uh, right before Arizona State scored their uh, tying goal, the goal that tied the game at four. Missouri State calls timeout, and the, the guy playing the music played started playing Neil Diamond, the uh, Sweet Caroline. <laughs> Yeah, and so thirty seconds, you know, goes by, and we, we've all done the bomb, bomb, bomb. You know, so good, so good. And the second verse starts up, and plays getting ready to go. And before play starts, Arizona State called their timeout, and so the music just kept on going. So we got to hear probably a full two minutes of "Sweet Caroline," and the place was rocking. They loved it. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So. No. That was I, I thought that was it for a second there I thought ASU called the timeout just so they could hear the rest of Sweet Caroline. Just like keep going, yeah. yeah no, no, no game yeah. no gameplay. No gameplay whatsoever. <laughs> no strategy. It was just let's hear the rest of the song, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had sometimes I like to try to sneak a little song in there to see if people are paying attention. And uh Sunday I had the OU team come out this I announced the starting lineup to uh the beverly hills cop theme song that oh, axel foley song oh, yeah God. so a little little subtlety there so i don't know if too many picked up on it but yeah <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I snuffed that one in wow next thing you know you're gonna have them come out to like peaches and herb or something like that some donna summer disco uh, song well, i'm not afraid to mix it up yeah very good very good well hey we want to say uh hello and thank you to all of the listeners the one thing i did find out and the one thing i get a chuckle about is the number of people that do listen to this podcast, um, even though we tease on here that we only have 11 or 15 listeners, um, uh, we, uh, uh, we we do appreciate each and every one of you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us uh, blather on. This one is especially long because of, uh, well, because of Andrew. Let's blame Andrew. Um, yeah. It's all his fault. 
you know, we, we ran into, uh, uh, it was kind of funny because there was, a, there was a tweet, Andrew, while I was sitting in the stands on Friday, and it was from the, the, the beat writer for the, the Springfield newspaper covering Missouri State ho- hockey, and he said, hey, I think the guys from the Western uh, CHL podcast are here in town. Um, now's your chance to, you know, voice your opinion live and in person. I saw that. Yeah, so we gave him the old uh, Ron Burgundy, bring it. And uh, <laughs> I actually met the fellow, the young man, under the uh, in the tunnel under the stands there, and he's, he's, a, he's a really good kid. And um, we, he, he listens, find, says he finds this very informative, which he was obviously being oh. very flattering. Because there's there's nothing informative about this, just two, two dinglings talking. But uh, we we do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this, and yep. um, uh, we know that there's uh, uh, we we do this because it's a uh, uh, number one. It we we like to giggle and have fun, but more importantly, uh, you know the the people that play uh, the kids that play ACHA hockey, they're the true student athletes, and they deserve a little bit of. Uh, more recognition than they're getting from the traditional media outlets. And we figure, well, let's, let's do what we can to give them a little prop, a little bit of love. And, uh, yeah, so well, that's why well, we do this. A little bit this. we can, right? Yeah. 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 That's why, that's why I try to mix up my, I try to mix up my three stars of the week there. Try to try to get some new kids in there every week just to kind of shine some light around the league and, and kids that are doing well and, and playing good and all that. So, well, you just wanted to hose the Central Oklahoma kid that uh, stopped a hundred gazillion shots this weekend because you're an Oklahoma homer. I know what that's yeah, all about. We, yeah, we gave we gave him kudos last week. So, well, we, guys, this week we do appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. Uh, follow the conference on Twitter at Western CHL. We're also on WesternCHL.com. And if you have any of your uh, uh, Thanksgiving desserts that you want to break out, we're going to have one more podcast before Thanksgiving, Andrew. So I guess we'll, you know, after this, we'll come up with the rest of the meals since we focused on my favorite part, dessert first. I love that. Yes. Yeah, dessert man. Dessert first, always. I'm going to have to go have some ice cream right now. Holy smokes, you're getting me hungry. <laughs> it's it's third dinner. Hold on. <laughs> Jeez. So, uh, uh, all right. Well, we, we do appreciate everybody listening, and um, uh, we're just very humbled and uh, w- with all the courtesy and uh, the hospitality, and uh, the fact that you don't punch us in the face when you ask, "Hey, are you so and so that does the podcast?" So, all right, Andrew. Any other uh, nuggets of wisdom? That is all I've got for everybody tonight. All right. Well, then, Andrew, you know what that time is. It's time to get us out of here. Say the magic words. I tell you what, everybody have a good week. Everybody have a safe week. Safe travels to the teams coming and going. And we'll catch you on the flip side.